0: Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped
1: by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. One of the greatest men that I've ever met in my life was a man named Joseph San. He was from uh, Romania, and he was kicked out of Romania as a pastor because too many people were becoming believers, and they exiled him to America. And then he got on the radio and was able to preach to all of Romania. This is before the communism in that part of the world fell and his ministry. But before that, he was persecuted. They didn't want to kill him because he had become a martyr. And they thought the easiest way is to get rid of him. But I remember something he said. He said that it's easier being a Christian, a real Christian, a biblical Christian under persecution, than it is under prosperity. I never will forget that statement. This is Bert Harper, along with our co-host, Nathan Harper. And when Joseph Son made that statement, he knew both. He said, I've been here in America, and he said, Under persecution many times, if you're a real follower of Christ, you're just you're gonna do it. You do what you but when it comes to prosperity. Uh, ease comes in. So again, we're not, again, I'm not looking for martyrdom and I'm not looking for persecution, but I am saying to you today that persecution and martyrdom has been a part of the church since the very beginning. Nathan, we find two individuals, Stephen and James, it didn't take long through the book of Acts that those two men suffered greatly, even lost their lives or gave their lives cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ
0: yeah and you know Jesus words himself were you're going to suffer on my you know for my sake and so seven chapters into the book of Acts we see the very first martyr of the church in uh, Stephen as he is preaching the gospel and the Jewish Jewish religious leaders uh, of course are not liking this he says some things that they find offensive and they they pick up stones and, and kill him, and before they do, they're laying their coats, their outer garments at the feet of a, a young man named Saul. And uh, we see how God has bigger plans than just one individual's life, but he can use an individual's life and even
1: death to bring about the salvation of many. I'd remind you, Stephen, quote, it would be called a layman, Yeah. And not a a pastor. He was a lay preacher. He was a deacon. A deacon. And he just just was used of God in a mighty way. And yes, Saul would hear him. And I, I don't believe he could get these words out of his head when he heard Stephen pray this. This is in Acts chapter 7, verses 59 and 60. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. I believe those words stayed in Saul's mind for many, many years. Everybody kind of remembers what a person's last words were. I've pastored for many years, and I've been at the bedside of several people when they uh, were dying and And if the family was not there, they'd always ask me, Pastor, what was the last words? So here is Stephen's last words. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Here he was praying for Saul, who was consenting to his death and had the papers to make it legal to stone him.
0: And he was basically repeating Jesus' words from the cross.
1: He just didn't say, and they don't know what to do. They, I, I, when I <laughs> preach this, I said they knew what they were doing, yeah, and uh, they had, they did it anyway. But that's the first martyr. But then you come to chapter twelve, verse one, Nathan, and there's another martyr, isn't there? Yeah, you have
0: Herod, the 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 king there, and he's he has James, you know, James and John, the uh, the disciples, the apostles, and he has James killed with the sword, is what it says, and this is Acts. Chapter 12,
1: verses 1 and 2. And so we have the first one stoned and the next one beheaded, the first and for religious purposes and the other governmental purposes.
0: Right. One is more of a—the first one with Stephen was more of a grassroots kind of a mob that kind of formed and— And, a reli-
1: and I'd say a religious mob. Yeah, from, yeah definitely. From, from,
0: from the Judaism. And uh, then the second was from a more hierarchical, the, the governmental official— At the very top, there in that region, the regional governor Herod, and he, yeah, he he had James killed.
1: Peter was going to be next, but God intervened in that. Yeah, and don't ask me. We're not going to do a program on how God works and why He intervenes sometimes and doesn't sometimes. I just know He does, and uh, I trust Him uh, when He does. Now, with that in mind, Nathan, the persecution that's going on today are usually those two things religious persecution and governmental persecution yeah that's that's from the beginning of the book of acts even in today because in a lot of cultures it is the like you said a ground root and and it's a lot in i would say muslim countries if the government doesn't do it the locals will do it yeah because they they're threatened and you know right and so government then it comes down for them and This has always been more communistic in in, well, not always. Since communism has been around, Mm -hmm. when communism is around, they they don't want the Christians. It's taking place in China even now,
0: right? Uh, So if you look at a um, say a country like India currently, for a long time there has been the that grassroots religious, you know, in a locations uh, specific locations where, and it's, it's generally. In India, there would be more of the uh, militant Hindus or the uh, extremist version of, of Hindus in a in a specific location. And, you know, there's been persecution for, for years and years along those lines. Recently, however, in India, there's a new prime minister who's been there for just a few years now, and you're seeing more and more. First, it was more of a looking away while some of that increased and the government didn't Prosecute and you know the evildoers and didn't protect those that were being persecuted or killed, but now it's more of an active role of the government. There's been several uh, missionaries who have been deported from India or not allowed to come into India. You know, India is
1: one of those places where you see you're seeing both. You you see them both there, yeah. and so what we have here is in modern day martyrdom. The word martyr comes from the Greek word witness. So the whole idea is if you're going to witness, you're putting your life on the line.
0: Yeah, saying my life is worth this message and yeah. what I believe here.
1: Now, in America, in the United States, and we praise God for that, we've had the freedom that are found in fathers. I, I'm, I'm just – every time I talk about this, Nathan, I those men and their wisdom and a lot of their wisdom came from the scriptures. You just – you know, they looked at the scriptures, and uh, most of the scriptures was a part of their education. You know, whether or there's a debate on how much they trusted the Lord, they seemed pretty. They but they were very familiar with the scriptures, and they saw that in the scriptures the freedom that comes in following Christ, and so they embedded that into our into our constitution. It became a part of our culture, right. and so we've had this for over two hundred years. And, and we have a hard time contemplating what it would not be like. Yes. And so we praise God for this freedom. But while we were doing this, brothers and sisters in other countries were giving their lives for, for Christ. They were suffering for Christ. And then some of our missionaries that would leave America and go to those countries, they would give their lives. I want to give one specifically – and it's happened in January of 1956 in mm-hmm. South America. And this is one of the greatest mission stories, I believe, that you'll ever hear. It's not in the Bible, but if the Bible was still being written today, I believe this one would be included like in the <laughs> book of Acts, you know? Right, because like it, Acts chapter 300 and yes, something. Yes, because book. it is so real. Five missionaries that had God had called to an area in, in South America and God had put on their hearts to reach an unreached people group. And they had they planned. It wasn't careless. They felt like God had laid it on their heart. They took time. They had their prayer cover. They had done all the things that you would look at as being necessary to reach these people who were – let me quote this. This is from Life magazine. Uh, they did a 10-page spread of the story – after this happened, now we're talking about major media mm-hmm. magazine, and here's a quote, these five devout men who sought to bring the word of God to a fierce tribe of Stone Age savages. Now, I'm telling you, you talking about politically incorrect in our day, devout men, the word of God, and call in Stone Age, and then use the word savages. But they gave their life, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, Roger uh, I, I can't remember all five of their names. You're These men, they contacted this tribe. And, and today, guess what, Nathan? Many of that tribe are followers of Jesus Christ. They gave their lives and they were on the front end, but then others would follow. And one of them was of course, Jim Elliot's wife, Elizabeth, as she would go in and live among them. And many were saved. Nate Saint's sister, Rachel Saint would follow up and go in. But, the, the word was these are devout men, not crazy men, not wild men, not men who had lost their minds, but devout men who felt like these people needed the word of God. Now, in more recent times, we had a young man that has given his life trying to reach an unreached people group as well.
0: Yeah, back in November of uh, 2018, a young man named John Allen Chow, he's from the United States, Korean American, a young man went to a place outside off the coast of India called the North Sentinel Islands, and sometime in the middle uh, to the late part of November, he he made you know initial contact with uh, these people who are seen as an isolated people group. These people have, I don't know for how long, but for centuries probably lived on this. this island, uh, isolated island, and had no or very, very, very little contact at all with anyone else, especially with the modern world. And they were seen as dangerous, and uh, anytime anyone either accidentally or purposefully tried to approach, they would be turned away with bows and arrows and rocks, and, and so it was dangerous. And so the, the, uh, the country of India declared this group of islands and others around there to be off limits for travel but there was a young man named John Allen Chow who for 10 years God had burdened him with a desire to take the gospel to this this group of people the the north Sentinelese. and so he prepared himself for, for about a decade preparing to live you know on his own in in a in a very isolated kind of setting and took language courses, took uh, medical-type courses. I mean, he was about as well-prepared as anybody could be. And for 10 years, he carried this burden. So finally, and you and I actually looked at the, uh, a news article, sometime in August or October, somewhere in that period of time of, of 2018, the Indian government allowed those islands and others like it to be open for tourism. And so Chow realized that was his opportunity to go legally and share the, share the gospel. And so if you read his last few entries of his journal, uh, it talks about how he made contact, but he was actually shot by a young, young villager, a young man there with a, uh, a bow and arrow. An arrow actually pierced his waterproof Bible he had in his, uh, I think his chest pocket. And he went back out to the boat and away from shore and the next day prayed about whether he should make another attempt, and sure enough, he did. And somewhere in there, he did make another attempt and made contact, but was actually was actually killed before really making much uh, contact and much uh, progress in,
1: in uh, reaching those people. So... The difference in, and this show's not the media, and we don't want to do that, but it's setting up what Nathan and I want to discuss. The major media outlets did not cover it very much, and when they did, they sure didn't call him a devout man or a devout Christian. They would not call these people Stone Age savages. They were talking about the indigenous culture and it needing to be preserved. And here he is, an American ideological trying to, it wasn't the gospel and the word of God, but it was an American way of life to them. And that was it. And so some people, we debate this. We believe in missions. Yes, you're going to put yourself in danger. But what we want to talk about today a little bit, uh, Nathan, as best we can about the dangers and the possibility of persecution, the possibility of imprisonment, and the possibility of death. Uh, how far do you go? Yeah. Uh, what will you do? When we look, we've, we tried to share with you the biblical examples, and we just gave you two, and and that was Stephen and James. Early on, as, as they would face death, Paul would face imprisonment uh, again and again. He would face beatings again and again. He was left for dead one time, and so all of this has happened. So Christianity has always been a runner of, of I would say, impending danger. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that, read Fox's Book of Martyrs and you'll see amplified what we're talking about, men and women who have given their lives for Christ. And in the book of Hebrews, when it comes to the Hall of Fame of Faith, it talks about those that were delivered, those like Daniel was from the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. But you also see those that were sown in two, those that were laid out for debt, you know, and it's the same faith. Some are delivered and some are not, but some give their lives. And I want to share with you, I think the media should have covered this the way Life Magazine covered it in 1956 and saying these five devout men, and they should have said to John Allen Chow, this devout man wanting to take the word of God to a people that needed to hear it. Yeah, and
0: instead, what you do see in the in the mainstream or secular media is calling him names, like either egotistical. Uh, and some
1: names we don't want to repeat on this air yeah. even, especially on, yeah, you know, naive. media. Yeah, yeah
0: they, they say even really derogatory words about him and just assume the worst, basically, which is kind of the general uh, motif, I think, for secular people to look at not just christians but especially missionaries they see them as just in real
1: derogatory terms they want to they, they try to put it that we're trying to americanize they're yeah. trying to say christianity is quote an american religion and all religions are evil are equal and yeah. so if 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 they're not if they're not evil they're yeah. equal if they're not e- right. why should you force or even try to recruit quote others to follow you well, our mandate is to carry the gospel because we believe and we know from the scriptures that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father but by me. If these same people were going to be destroyed by a tsunami, they sure would be willing to send some people in to warn them, even in their culture, and not be destroyed. As believers, we realize their eternal state is in jeopardy, and we know that they're not going to go to heaven. We know that they're spending eternity away from God in a place that the Bible calls hell. And we're saying John Allen saw that, and for 10 years, he had had prayed about it. And I noticed in in one article, he got all the inoculations that were possible. He isolated himself from any other people for quite a few days before he tried to enter in so that he would not take any of the diseases or anything to them to destroy them. Like, it has, yes, it's been done. I know that by missionaries. But by and large, they don't tell the good. They just want to remember the evil that was perpetrated, as they see as evil. But John Allen Chow, the media did not tell the whole story.
0: Right. But the story does raise, I would say, some some good questions that we should all tackle and deal with we could we could go on for days about the about the media and their you know wrong portrayal of of Christians and even this particular brother but it what I what I'm more curious in is is just the issues that that this whole story raises
1: well let's talk about mm-hmm. those for the yeah. last bit
0: one question would be uh why like why did John Allen Chow go there why is it worth it Why do we see that as worth it? And then also, how? How should we go? If we determine it's worth it to go, are there some healthy ways or unhealthy ways that we need to be aware of in going, especially when we think about isolated people groups? There's around 100 isolated people groups still left in the world today, believe it or not. In this era, there's still people like the North Sentinelese who uh, I think numbered around 400 maybe in that that island. Uh, But there's actually over 100 of these groups that are isolated from the rest of the world. So, how would, how should Christian missionaries approach them? So, there's a lot of unknowns, but these questions that are raised, really, how you answer them, reveal a lot of things about your belief system, about your worldview. And I'm even seeing people that call themselves Christians come down on the side of, you know, he went too far. He should not have gone. He was careless, or, or whatever, and. So in, in my opinion, this is kind of just me speaking. Some people would say we should leave these people alone and missionaries should stay away and pre- we should preserve their culture and their way of life and they're okay without us. In fact, we'll only make things worse. We might even potentially through sickness or disease hurt or destroy the, these, uh, this people group. And so they're okay without us. And even people that call themselves Christians sometimes come down on that side, but to me ultimately that just kind of shows that I don't know there's there's not a biblical account there there's you're you're seeing things almost as almost like a universalist would see that hey, they don't need the gospel, they're okay that is they're they're morally innocent, possibly,
1: and I just don't see that uh biblically at all Romans I think says. That they're not because yeah. when they see creation, if you see creation, and do not see the designer, the creator in that, and then conscience, so you do have, and there are three, and this this will help you. There's creation, conscience, and Christ. Those three, and uh, if you do not respond to the first and creation, there's not any necessary. You're, you're without excuse before God. Yeah. The Book of Romans says that. If you don't respond to creation in conscience, you're without excuse. And the message of Christ does not get with the, to them. Uh, but I believe if a person does respond to creation, they do respond to conscience. I believe God some way gets the hope of Christ to them. And I think the Ethiopian eunuch is a good example of that. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, trying to find answers to to life and he goes back he has a copy of the book of Isaiah and he is reading it and God would send Philip to run alongside him and explain to him who that was and when he found that out it says he was taken away yeah. I mean just I, I I believe there's some recklessness in that Nathan I don't know if you think so or not there yeah, seems no, to sure. be some I mean here he is yeah. and there he's gone and I, I believe that's an example of how God will get his message to them so Here's John Allen Chow feeling like these people needed to hear more of the, mes- the message, the word of God. And he had prepared. He even got permission from his mission leadership. Or yeah, he, he had, he had, he had, was had a mission sending agency. Yes. Yeah. So there was accountability for him above him.
0: Yeah, and and so, you know, there's that issue. There's also an uh, issue of how you should go. And there's another side of the story. Some Christians— have the mentality, the idea that, well, we need to go anywhere and everywhere, however we can. If that means lying to the government, if that means, you know, putting ourselves at risk, but also the other actual people there at risk without too much concern, the main thing is to preach the gospel. Well, I understand the heart of that. At the same time, there's even a, that's unbalanced, I believe, as well, because we need to as even John Allen Chow did, for he prepared himself. He, he tried to uh, cause as little damage as possible to these people. To get and,
1: truth to them.
0: That's right. And so you don't want to destroy people in trying to bring them life. Uh, again, I think he did it the right way. But there has been in, in past uh, ways that missionaries have gone about taking the gospel to people and cause more harm than help. So we don't need to do that either. So, you know, we, I think we just follow the models that, that Jesus and the apostles have laid out for us is the right way to go. My final thoughts about all this is I just want to read some of his, John Allen Chow's last words from his uh, journal. And it's actually a last letter he wrote to his parents. And he said, he said this, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this. But I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. And so he declared Jesus worthy of his life, giving his life. So these people will one day, uh, and we pray it soon, that these people will one day come to worship Jesus as the lamb who was slain. And they'll join around the throne declaring worthy as the lamb. And so John Allen Chow believed Jesus was worth it. And uh, the real question comes back to us. uh, Do we think Jesus is worth it?
1: Witness means martyr. Uh, That kind of got my attention when I first found it. Uh, I'm supposed to go, and here's the three words, Nathan, anywhere, anytime, anything. Lord, I am willing. John Allen Chow seems like lived up to those. In preparation and in prayer, And he went and gave his life to a long list of men and women who have given their life to share Christ. We pray you won't have to give your life, but we pray that you will share Christ with those around you, those that don't know him, that they may join you in a place called heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ one day.